0: Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today on the show is Alison Dubois. She is a medium. She is what inspired the show Medium on TV with Patricia Arquette. That's her, uh, ran for seven seasons. She's an author. She has six books. She has a podcast called The Dead Life. <laughs> I just, I love talking to these sort of out there, spiritual, woo-woo, esoteric, psychic channeling people. It's just like a passion of mine. I didn't get selfish. I didn't ask about what came through for me, although... Secretly, I want to, but the truth is is that she lives really close, so I'm going to go have drinks and maybe we'll get into that. Um, But today on the show, we talked about a lot of reincarnation, a lot about past lives, about what the dead have to say, the ways they communicate, the negative energies, psycho killers, and what kind of uh, charts they have and what kind of spirit they have. We talked about plant medicine, uh, the role of extraterrestrials, and if that's something that comes through yeah, we covered a lot of bases when it comes to spirit. It was a really informational, but also really fun interview. Uh, Allison is a has a great energy. She's very funny and really entertaining. So I think this is going to be like a really fun, informational and enlightening episode. And in the end, I'm going to cut to the chase and hopefully you take this away at the end, but it's more integrated after listening, is that life is meant to be lived by taking chances and to live in your truth. And you're going to hopefully arrive at that conclusion more deeply when you finish the episode. So thank you for tuning in. Please hit subscribe. I really appreciate that. It shows me that I'm on the right track with my guests and the message is getting out there and the entertainment as well. Um, Also hit the bell for notifications and let me know what you think in the comments. How funny that we live in the same city. How funny that... We were supposed to have lunch in 2006. How funny that you were just hanging out with one of my best friends last week. Like, so, funny. It, so that she, restaurant you went to and had drinks for my friend Shannon's birthday is like six minutes from me. She was showing me that you golfing pictures. Oh, God, with um, Manolo and my friend Kyle Larson. Oh, my God. We had a shit show day. Why do you live in Arizona? Have you always been here? Or are I'm you... fifth generation. Yeah. Damn, that is rare.
1: Yeah, that's what I keep hearing, but I still know my entire kindergarten class. It's just, there's more people here from other places, so we spread out a little, I guess, but
0: we're here. Is it also a hotbed for like, um, I'm I'm like super curious about extraterrestrials, and I wonder if that's like part of something that comes through, because this whole area feels like kind of a hotbed for those energies. (laughs) That's
1: great, huh? Okay. So let me tell you what Greyhawk used to be. (laughs) And this is, are we, are we recording? I'm not sure. (laughs) We
0: are. Okay. And you mean Greyhawk the golf course?
1: The whole, that whole area. When I was in high school, we called it body dumping territory. (gasps) (laughs) We used to go out there and have kegs and that's where people used to dump bodies. And I'm friends with Gina Nolan, who's, uh, she was on Baywatch and she lives up there. And she said, Allison, I think the house is haunted. And I said, I'm pretty sure they all are. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Like, so, so it's good that people that moved here didn't really know that that's what that was. But that's why the rest of us stay uh, south of Shea.
0: <laughs> yet I'm north of Shea. Am I in trouble? No, you're fine. <laughs> do you do house clearings for people? I mean, if you're a friend of mine, I do house clearing <laughs> for you, but
1: otherwise, um, no, I have a video on YouTube telling people how to clear a house. I need to actually put a new one of those up. Um, so it's not hard to do, yeah. but no, I do it for a close friend, but yeah. I'm kind of busy.
0: If I burn enough sage in Palo Santo, does that work? When you
1: burn the sage, you actually want to go counterclockwise with your hand while you're while it's smoking. Um, and that's going to like tell all the energy in the house, you know, I want you out of here. You're not welcome. Um, and then when you burn the, um, Palo Santo or the sweetgrass is what I burn, uh, that then you do it, you go in a more of a clockwise motion and state your intention three times of what you want your house's energy to be
0: clockwise brings it in and yes. clockwise exits it out. Right. I remember that a little bit. I could never remember the direction I went to Egypt uh, the beginning of last year. Um, so while, while now it feels like, but we had um, sistrums. And so mm-hmm. the sistrums, it was like, uh, you had to sort of rotate the sistrum while shaking it in a certain direction at right. certain points in time during ritual and during our, during the things that we were doing. And I couldn't ever remember exactly why and what the direction was. So I just shook it both ways.
1: (laughs) Now that could get a little screwy if you shook it both
0: ways. You're like, get out, come in, get out, come in. (laughs) When I visited Egypt, I was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents I returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer, a reference to the inner eye chakra one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination, a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12-ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voidbydanica.com. Are there things that we have to be really careful about when it comes to energies and spirits?
1: Yes. Um, I'm, I'm constantly telling young people this, especially Ouija boards. You do not open up portals for anything to come through when you can't control what's coming through. So even with what i do i have dead university i'm the headmistress of dead university so i i'm the professor of mediumship and when i talk to them about this a lot of people with abilities have weak borders and boundaries and so mm-hmm. they're they're often overwhelmed by mm, mischievous entities that are sort of messing with weak minds is the way i would put it so okay. the reason the other side comes through to children so often is because They have weak borders and boundaries, and they're usually pretty gentle, so the other side's really drawn to children, but also people who do have mental health issues have weak minds and weak borders and boundaries, so that can be a problem for those people or somebody who has kind of um, suicidal energy, if they have that tone to them sort of more of a low-frequency energy, they're going to draw in low-frequency energy from the other side. So you sort of draw in what you put out, energy-wise,
0: uh-huh. uh-huh. which uh-huh. we
1: all know in the dating world. You draw in what you put out, so you have to be really careful about what you put out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, always got to check yourself on that one. Yeah. It's not really their fault, it's your fault. I've had to go through a lot of therapy to learn that.
1: That's so funny.
0: <laughs> I was always the... um it, it's not me, it's you person. It <laughs> <So> was I. <laughs> That's why
1: I drew in a super confident guy. <laughs> I just liked messing with the guys, you know, like, I'm like, I don't need you. I, I was more of the, I was more like a dude when I was out there in the dating world. So I really didn't care about getting married or any, you know, having kids or any of that. So I just made yourself a tractor beam. Every (laughs) guy wants to hear that. They're like,
0: no, it's, you're like a hard one to get. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that, that worked because I got the ungettable guy who got the ungettable girl and that worked out. (laughs)
0: not me I was the opposite I'm like let's get married tomorrow
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's sweet though
0: that's really sweet yeah right it wasn't so sweet when it turns sour you know yeah Um, back to energies yes so okay um so you have to be careful weak boundaries right what um why like why what is it that Like somebody out there that doesn't know if they have a weak boundary, how do they know if there's someone with a weak boundary?
1: That's a good question. So with what I do, especially because anything could come through, I actually tell the other side what I want. So if, for instance, somebody who died comes through two hours before a reading and I'm making cupcakes for my daughter's school, that happened once when she was younger, and I said to him, I said, not now. I said, you have a two o'clock. At two o'clock, I'm all yours. But right now, I'm not. Got to go. And so they sort of fade then, and then they'll come back. But I established a border and a boundary with the other side. People who play with Ouija boards are opening it up and have no borders and boundaries. That's why they're playing with a Ouija board (laughs) in the first place, you know, seeing what'll come through. They just, they're doing it more for entertainment, but... Mischievous ent- entities can attach to you, and they're also very alive and well. These mischievous entities in hospitals. So I often tell nurses, doctors, people, police officers, people who spend a lot of time around um, mental health or health facilities. There are certain things you need to do to make sure you detach. So when you leave a hospital, for instance, there are people that died that didn't know that they died. So they'll try to talk to you and sort of get in the car with you and you start making all these wrong turns on the road. It's because something has attached itself to you because it's looking for somebody to listen.
0: Do you actually see them? Is, there, is it like they're in the passenger seat? Like as if they're like, hey, will you take me home? I, and they get in and like, but they're actually just an energy. They're just. Sometimes, assault.
1: sometimes it's seeing them completely. Uh, it takes less energy for them to show themselves to you in your mind. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot more of their energy to project themselves completely. So it just depends on what they need and want. But they get frustrated that their families left and wouldn't hear them, that they were okay, that they're still here. Again, they don't know they've passed. So they're just trying to get somebody's attention. They don't usually mean any harm, but sometimes those people died um, and they were schizophrenic or there was something going on with them, and that goes away when the body goes away, but the energy still can be a little screwy until they adjust on mm-hmm. the other side. So mm-hmm. that's something people need to be aware of. And you, for instance, if somebody's a sensitive and they come in contact with uh, bad energy, you know, if everybody's been somewhere where they meet somebody or they are in the sphere of somebody and feel, a molestation energy. Sometimes you feel like there's just something like they shouldn't look at children in the grocery store and you're kind of keeping an eye on that person Mm -hmm. or you pick up a really dark vibe, like they're a liar or that they uh, cheat, you know, something that you're picking up on them. that's repelling to you because it's not your energy. It's not the same as your energy. Mm -hmm. So when, when that happens for you, you need to make sure you go home Whether you take a bath or a shower, I call it a baptism down the drain away from me. And I visualize what I came into contact with, how it made me feel, whether it be somebody you love that has cancer and you want to let go of that energy. And the cancer is going down the drain away from you. The pain is going down the drain away from you. And you say it three times and you visualize it going down a long pipe until it disappears. And I do this every time I do a reading or have worked a murder or just come in contact with somebody I never want to come into contact with again so but that happens a lot it, it it does I'm I'm an Aquarius we sort of keep to ourselves <laughs>
0: <laughs> but your electric eclectic energy probably attracts a lot of interesting folk yeah
1: um it's the hair I think but yeah for sure just because I'm an unusual toy they want to come and talk to me so when I'd be on an airplane flying to a book signing somebody <laughs> would ask me what I what I do and i just say I'm a secretary <laughs> and then they stopped talking to you it was perfect I'm a secretary to the dead so it's not a lie
0: I just uh, came up with a way to make it okay for me and for them to go away yeah. yeah are some of the energies of this planet are they human does anything ever come through that's not human um,
1: I've had a a couple of interactions with angels, which don't feel human.
0: Okay,
1: actually, they're what sort of. What was that of, like? Um, it was in protection for me, so I felt very safe. But they—they okay. they aren't like these sweet cherubinis. They were actually sort of their wings were more like uh, shields, and they stand—they were standing shoulder to shoulder. With their back to my, I was in my cabin at the time by myself trying to finish my third book at the time. And it was scary. It was winter. Nobody was in the White Mountain summer homes. It was just me and I was all alone. And so it scared me and I felt something bad, something dangerous at out, just outside. And so I closed my eyes and then I saw them standing around sort of in protection and I knew I didn't have to worry, and they just stayed right there. And it, it was more of a feeling of comfort, a feeling that I was safe, but that I should fear them because they weren't weak. <laughs> you know, there was something about them that was very strong, stronger than any human could be, and mm. it was very intense. Is the best way that I could describe what that energy was like. It's almost as if they communicate telepathically. So you you know what their intention is. You know, um, that they don't mean you any harm, but you also know that they're no doormat. You know, these, (laughs) these are, these are warriors. So I found that very interesting
0: and eye opening. How does the energy come through to you? Because when you said it's like a, you just, it's a knowing, Mm -hmm. um, that's for me how it feels when I get In the heart of Napa Valley lays Somnium, which means to dream in Latin. The Somnium Vineyard Estate is an extension of the love and intensity that I pour into everything I do. To experience our wines, visit SomniumWine.com and use the code Somnium to receive a $10 flat shipping rate. Please drink responsibly other dimensional energies or information. Like it, it becomes into my awareness. Right. Um, so I'm curious, like how it comes through for you. Um, how do you see it or hear it or feel it or know it? Like what's your clairs? How many clairs do you have? <laughs> so for me, when I'm having
1: communication, whether it be the dead or angels, they are telepathic. They can communicate without, they'll make you feel something. They make, they'll show you visions or mm-hmm. um, walk you through a scene as though it were a clip from a movie. Mm-hmm. They communicate in any way that they can through our own senses and mm-hmm. what we have to offer. Also our own vocabulary banks and sense of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I also can hear them. Sometimes they just speak out loud and they'll yell in my ear. And I'll just repeat what they say to my client. Like I said, I'm just a secretary to the dead. That's really all I am. And I repeat what they say to my client. And, um, and that's, they communicate with however much energy they want to or can expel. It all depends on how much energy they have. People who lived stronger lives, you know, connected with more people, loved big, took risks, you know, you would be easy to bring through because you have an energy that exudes it's like beyond you know almost where sometimes and i think it's why people see famous people on this pedestal because they they emit this light or project this energy and people are drawn to it because a lot of people have low frequency energy so they yeah. sort of feed off of your energy and it's why they enjoy watching things that you're on or listening to your podcast so For me, you know, I try and do that as much as I possibly can with um, my clients, but for the dead, when they're emitting this energy, because they are a strong soul that lived a life where they projected and they still are that energy, they're Mm -hmm. so much easier to communicate with than people who didn't. You know, Mm. people who didn't love or never tried, were angry they were born. It just depends. And I've seen all kinds, but I would say I'm very lucky doing what I do because people don't usually want to hear from those who die who lived a terrible life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've actually had people ask me things uh, such as, my mother was awful is my mother still awful? I'm like, do you want me to bring her through or do you want to tell her she's awful? Like, where's your head at? You know? So we got to get a baseline and an intention before we go into a reading sometimes. But usually it's because the person that died was amazing Mm. and there was only one of them. And this is somebody that is sort of a, a monarch butterfly of the family that ever, Mm. that pulled everything together. That was the glue that went the the person that went the extra mile that made the holidays special that made people feel love that was there when you were sitting at your dad's funeral and held your hand without you asking for anything from that person they sensed you needed them that kind of person comes mm-hmm. through
0: very easily and mm-hmm. emits a lot of light. Do you come in with? A certain energy, and that's what you got, or can that change in this lifetime? That's
1: a really good question, and I will say this: I have a very good friend, Tom McMullen, who's a professional astrologer, and so sometimes we'll take. We I have my podcast, The Dead Life, and d- around Halloween we'll do serial killers charts, <laughs> and I profiled How'd the it Dahmer in- one. Go! I did that one actually. <laughs> that's one of my episodes. And Ted Bundy, we got we got that one too, and. And it's horrible to have to get into their energy and to feel what their energy is. But I asked Tom, I said, can you see it in a birth chart? When somebody comes in, is their energy already set or can do they, is there some free will involved here? So we went through all of that and their charts actually made a lot of sense in a very grotesque way that they were born with sort of, tortured and demented energy, but he showed Mm. both the negative side of what that chart could be, which was a serial killer or Mm. the positive of what that could have been. And it was just interesting to see if you, if you reach for a higher vibration of who you are, which is what we've chosen to do in our life. This isn't easy, you know, but it's, it's not easy doing what we do, but it has a lot more rewards than the difficulties of failing.
0: (laughs) High road, low road. I mean, in the, in astrology, there's a high road and low road to every sign and we all bounce around within the high road, low road, but the whole goal is to get high road, right? right? Can you guess what I am then? You know, I didn't even
1: bother looking up. It's funny though. Um, you're pretty and your face is symmetrical. So usually that would be Libra would be in the chart. But the There's other a end of
0: Libra and the other end of Libra's Aries, which rules race car drivers. <laughs> and you're exactly right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a double Aries sun and moon. Oh, my God. That's, libra rising. Sense. I'm a Libra rising, too. Mm-hmm. And all of my li- li- Libra is in the first house. Wow. (laughs) So I have a ton of Aries energy and I also have a lot of, so I have like this total I, we, like I, we energy where I like, you know, and Aries is such an interesting sign because I don't know what you think about it, but it's even being one, it's not the one I can pinpoint.
1: It's in my jar like too, so I, I get it.
0: Yeah, it's just a force. Like I've it's realized that, Aries is a force. Mm-hmm. It's not like a Leo, Leo right. fire energy where it's like, "Ha ha, look at me!" Right? It's or a different a energy. Sagittarius fire energy where they're just like they say the craziest shit. Oh and my god, they get away There's, with it. They're irreverent. I
1: love that about funny. Sagittarius. And they're funny. Everybody loves yes. them. They're,
0: so it's not like those kinds of fire energies. It's, it's the different. one that you can't. Pick out because it's just a force. I'm a Mars in Aries, so I
1: act and react with the aggression, but I'm Mm. a Libra rising so that the way I act and react opposes how I'm seen. So I'm aware that that's a dynamic in my chart, but I'm with you. I like being a Mars in Aries. I drive too fast. I've taken race car driving school, actually at Bondurant's with we Bob back in the there. Day. I would love that. That would be great. Shannon and, would
0: love that too, our friend
1: Shannon. <laughs> oh my God. I have stories about her. We'll have to talk.
0: <laughs> well, she's so a crazy funny. Sag.
1: That's why I you like tell her. her. You're fire. You're I'm like, fire. I
0: love a Sag. They're, they yes. say the craziest shit. Yes. I love it.
1: Yeah, that was that's most of our friends are sad. We had four birthday parties this weekend. It was like my brother, his girlfriend, Catherine and I, Shannon, and it was just nuts. But it's they're fun, unless you get a dark Sag. I've seen dark Sag's too, when I'll post the astrology for the moon every two and a half days, mm. and they'll say, I'm not the life of the party. I'm not fun. And I'm like, I wouldn't admit that publicly. (laughs) I say, clearly you have something in your chart that's an affliction. Well, I go there. Let's face it.
0: They're right next to Scorpio. And those are not my favorite. Actually, Sag borders on my least favorite signs. Capricorn and Scorpio. Those are signs that I just can't get down with. Scorpios are like too secretive for me. Yeah, Capricorns are like too like conniving. Like, the I motto feel like- the motto for
1: Capricorn's I use. So really? they're all about the money, the foundation, building, and what they deserve. So totally. that's the downside of Capricorn. There can be a positive. I have one Capricorn friend and if their opposition's cancer because it's six months across from them. So mm-hmm. a lot of people will draw the energy of their opposing sign. So my friend, Tammy actually draws cancer energies, makes her nurturing and motherly, but she also owns a magazine, you know, which is Capricorn. So it's just I do have you know,
0: um uh Alisa Romeo wrote a book called Meet Your Soul. I don't know if you've heard of it. I think Alisa's a Capricorn and she totally gives the motherly like, let, let me give back. Like I I write a book, I have this business, but like I'm trying to help people so I can get down with that cap energy, but like most of the time it's, uh, those two are my, uh, well, definitely not my favorite sign. There
1: are cancers that draw Capricorn energy too. So you have to watch that. Not, not all cancers act like moon children. Sometimes mm. they can be very serious and go into government work or accounting, which would be Capricorn rules the government and anything that's sort of um, patriarchal in a foundation. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting. And then cancer is the opposite. They want to be children forever
0: and they want to be babied. And I love that because I have one. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about like communicating with the dead, but now we're talking about astrology what is the link there and what, why, how did you get into astrology? I was surprised when I learned that I was like, Oh, interesting. <sighs> like I just, cause they're kind of, they're not, they're not totally different. Right. They're out in this sort of esoteric Ethereal, realm. Yeah. But under, I'm just under, curious. We're under the same umbrella, actually
1: how it happened for me. And I am Aquarius and Aquarius does rule astrology. We just naturally can read a chart without knowing specifics of the rules. <laughs> of astrology. So I was able to do that in my late 20s. And I had gone to audition because I was being studied by scientists at a university to figure out how I was doing what I was doing. And they were contacted by Paramount. And Paramount said, send us some of your best mediums. So I was one of the ones that was sent. And I competed against 120 other people in runes, in Tarot, astrology, profiling, mediums, like I went up against them to form the five oracles because the show is going to be called the oracles. Is this new? No, this was a long time ago. This was in my 20s thing. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I went there and Kelsey Grammer was producing that. That's how I met Kelsey. He was the executive producer of Medium. That's how that came to be. That's how we met. But I became friends with some of the astrologers when I was there. And we just, I started picking it up and learning the energy. So now I can be around somebody and feel an energy and know that that's in their chart. I had a guy from Dish Nation once. I thought this was funny. (laughs) Like he was so, um, you'll get the tone of him. Anyways, he looks at me and he says, What am I? And I said, Well, said, kinda got a pointy nose, so you probably are Aries. And he looked at me and and then I said, Is that your real nose or did you get that done? And he was like, You bitch. And I was like, That's right.
0: (laughs) You're like, you want to be a smart ass? Yep,
1: that's exactly it. I took it to another level and I enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) That's always the problem when you're witty and got that fire in you, which you do, Mm -hmm. is that it's not usually the first offender that gets to be looked at as like the fire, like the tough one. Yeah. But you start a fight, and I promise I'll yes. burn it to the ground. That's Aries. I know. I got. I have that too. Yes, I know. It's our temper for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also Low your. Road. It's
1: <laughs> also your charm, and the fact that we're Libra risings. Our our rising sign tries to keep our sort of beast under control, which is Aries. So oh, Libra is working overtime for you and for me, trying to keep us. Um aware of what we're about to say without just blurting it out. Because we can burn down a house with words because we have that Libra in our chart. So it's justice how you see it. We'll seek that. (laughs) It's like how we see justice.
0: How should we, like, how should we use astrology? I'm I'm, like curious for myself even. I took a couple levels of astrology. So I have a fairly decent database of knowledge right. when it comes to it yes, Um, yes. and like it can become very consuming and it's also kind of hard to apply. A lot of times it's futuristic and it's sure. easier to see in hindsight. So what is the frequency and the right information to take from astrology to be sort of useful? Some astrology isn't particularly
1: useful. It's entertaining. Let's just say like Gen Z loves astrology right now. They're entertained by it. You know, they have co-star apps and they're like looking at what's going on. My friend Tom practices a particular kind of astrology that is karmic and it looks at you on a soul level. What is your karma? What do you have to do to achieve your dharma? Is there a karma that is multi-generational? For instance, in my family, the women always depended on the men for, for the financial support, and they were the little housewives. And I remember growing up being incensed, because I'm a Mars and Aries, uh, incensed that they would actually get an allowance. That bothered me badly. And I said, I'm going to grow up and make my own money. So then I had three daughters who I also raised to grow up and be self-sufficient. So I broke my karma and achieved my dharma. So he does that sort of a reading in your, with what he sees in your chart. And I find those useful because some people need it spelled out for them, what's, what they should have seen all along. And if you step back long enough and you're objective and you look at it objectively, you can see that there's a pattern in the family or in your life that needs to be broken. And he also sees your past life in your chart and, and why you brought that in. And that's very helpful, too, to know that there was a reason. For instance, there's some people that he's had as clients. I remember this one story. They, they couldn't step, step foot into a church. This was something that bothered them. And when he went into the chart, now he didn't know that piece of information, but he went into the chart and he said, um, you were burned alive by the church. And in the name of God, you were, you were murdered. And that's why they couldn't step into the church. And so it was interesting for him to identify that and then for the person to realize that and to be able to put that to bed and not have to carry that with them anymore because there was an energy brought in from a past life.
0: What kind of astrologer or reader should people be looking for? Because like Tom can't read for everyone. So (laughs) what kind of person should people look for for that information?
1: Evolutionary astrology is the type that Tom practices. I always find word of mouth with anything is the best way to go which is why your podcast is great because you know even with mediumship I've had people say well we went to this one medium and she said that my dad they said she couldn't reach her the father of the client that he wasn't on the other side that he didn't go to a good place or something and I said they're full of shit. I said that's you can still get them you can mm. still get their energy there's no reason she couldn't get it's never the dead that's hard to get you can anybody can, can be brought through it's the living and getting the living's energy adjusted for a reading so the fact that she said that he couldn't be reached on the other side i'm like what was there a bad connection what is that or maybe that person shouldn't be practicing professionally and i do see a lot of people in the ethereal business um that really aren't good enough to to do it professionally because you're really taking somebody's life into your hands and advising them. Oh, for um, sure. So what are some
0: bad signs like for someone? So if they can't bring someone through or there are a couple others that are right. red flags because people take this information apart. Right. Uh,
1: and that's good. And I wrote a chapter in my first book. My first book was Don't Kiss Them Goodbye. And I wrote a, a chapter on what to look for. For cons or people who, you know, uh, practice, I find certain like voodoo-ish, Santeria, more uh, toned practices to be uh, a little darker in energy. So I tend to stay away from that personally because I fix a lot of people that are sort of ruined by a reading under that umbrella. Um, if they say money's ruining your life, you're not finding love because, um, you know, you're too... Focused on money, bring me three thousand dollars tightly wrapped or in a box, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say a blessing and and rid your life of that, and then you're gonna find love. Yeah, walk away. You might even call the police. That's just straight up. And that Especially happens when they ask for cash. God
0: damn it, I've been there. <laughs> you know. So if
1: if they're asking you to bring them a lot of uh, stacks of money that they're gonna throw over a bridge and say. A spell for and, and rid you of that evil in your life. You need to be talking to somebody more than a psychic if you're at that point in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you got take the three thousand dollars, get your hair done, get some, your eyebrows tweezed, uh, go buy a new outfit, and have one too many martinis with your girlfriends and act like you don't care. It's like a
0: magnet for guys. Not hard. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you and Shannon can go to town on that situation. Oh my gosh! Yes. She's also the queen of that. I know. Girls, she I need to. We need to go for drinks. And you need to teach me your ways. Okay? okay. You mentioned past lives, and I'm really fascinated with this. So I'm obviously then you believe in reincarnation. I do. Okay. So how does that work? How does reincarnation work? Okay. So, um, reincarnation is
1: for souls who feel, and I had Steven Simon on my podcast and he was a producer of somewhere in time. Do you remember that with Jane Seymour and Christopher Reeve where he goes back in time to find his love? Oh my God. You have to watch it. Okay. Anyways, I had him on and it was interesting because You can make a pact with somebody you love before you cross and sort of design what your other side's going to look like together when you die. So if one goes first, the other knows what to expect. But if you should get there to the other side and feel, oh, I didn't have children in this lifetime, I'd like to have that soul experience, or I didn't find love in this lifetime, I'd like to find that soul experience, Um, you can recycle you can you can come back for another soul lesson um sometimes, and most of the time people come back because they didn't figure out in this lifetime what they were supposed to, and so they end up having to come back sometimes they just really enjoy the chaos of the living world, so they keep coming back out of adventure
0: and that's karma a little bit too, right? I feel sure. like uh when I listen, have listened to Dolores Can stuff. It's like very much about that. Like you didn't learn your lesson. You're going to come right, back and have right. to do it again. You know, exactly. and you might switch positions. You might be the boy instead of the girl, whatever. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> well, and that's why with soulmates, some people will have a child and say, when they were born, I felt complete and they're my little soulmate. They probably were um, family in other lifetimes and they keep coming back together. And mm-hmm. same with romantic soulmates. You can decide you want to come back and find each other again and live that life. So it's really what the soul is craving as, and on a growth level, the mm. coming back. And it's the same with um, miscarriages, stillborns, like with babies that don't make it um, but a couple weeks after after being born. They don't form their personalities yet. The body was unable to sustain them. So they recycle back into the family. They find a way back into the family, whether it be as your son or daughter or your niece or nephew, but they find a way back into the family. So souls are here for a reason. And I'm looking at what's up?
0: Animals.
1: I don't know about reincarnation for animals because when I bring people through, I see the animals over there and I have dads come through and they're like, I have your damn cat. You know, don't worry about it. Like <laughs>
0: they, They've well, got we don't them come back you. as an animal. It was, it's not like you have a life and then you decide, Hey, I'm going to come back as an animal. Cause there are people that I've witnessed that just feel like insanely can, I mean, I love animals, yeah. but yeah. you know, people that like are devastated afterwards, like it was their partner. Oh no,
1: I meet those people too. I totally, I get what you're saying. Um, they're, the animals are pure souls. They're just pure souls. So the people that get attached to them as if they're their own children, like their own biological children or their husband even, um, need something. They're on a deep level. Usually they're broken or there was a victimization when they were younger or they take, they had trust issues with people, mm-hmm. usually. This isn't all. This is usually. And when that's the case, it's the animal that they're able to um, feel safe with
0: yeah.
1: and feel that deep connection with knowing that dog, cat, parrot, whatever, isn't going to hurt them. And so it's sort of a... Um, an endless true love for them because it's safe. It's mm. safe and it's meaningful. And so mm. I get, I get why animals are very healing.
0: But there's no growth in that though, right? Cause if there's no challenge, there's not any growth. That's right. They're, they're deciding not to
1: meet the challenge that they're not going to grow on the soul level. They came in to break the victimization energy to prevent others from being victimized to, you know, you're supposed to do something with it. For instance, I had an attempted abduction on me when I was 11. This is here in Phoenix while I was riding my bike. And it triggered something in me um, because I heard a voice on the other in, in my head saying go. And it was flashing my house in my head like go. And so these guys that pulled up next to me on my bike when I was 11. Um, which is the age most children under 18, most uh, that are murdered are girls around the age of 11. Damn. And uh they were, like, drunk, and I know that now because I didn't understand why they smelled like Susie's dad. <laughs> my friend's dad smelled like beer a lot, you know. And so I didn't know what was going on, but they said, come over here, come over here, you know, we want to give you a ride. And I said, I live right there, like my house is right there. And they're like, no, just come here. And I froze, and the images of my house kept being flashed through my head, and I took off on my bike, and I went home, and I told my mom, and she did what the majority of parents do with attempted abduction, and and she did not report it. When that happened, I decided I wanted to do something when I grew up to help kids, because I didn't understand why grown-ups wanted to hurt children. It just didn't make sense to me. It didn't seem natural, and I just didn't understand that motive. But I initiated the Amber Alert for the state of Arizona in 2000 and I served on the task force to design it. So in that moment when I did that, whatever victim energy I may have brought in from another lifetime, I stood up and, and countered it. And I was very proud of that. And the the first three kids Mm. that were saved from the Amber Alert here in Arizona, I was like, those were mine because if I hadn't initiated the alert, those you know, yes, it would have happened eventually, but those first few would have fallen between the cracks. So I was very, very proud of that. Wow. Yeah.
0: That is amazing. Yeah. So what are those people then? The ones that can do something like that, that can abduct a child, abuse a child sexually, physically, what's going on?
1: Well, there's different forms of uh, deviant energy going on in them. I I profiled killers um for uh the prosecution years ago. And I had to get into the head of the people or if somebody's murdered, I can bridge myself through the living person into the perpetrator. And so I did that for 20 years. I just retired Mm -hmm. and, um, holy holy heavy. So I've actually had to get in the heads of those people and feel that attraction to the child. And I have to do it to establish motive in order to help law enforcement. So motive's Mm -hmm. important. It can be financial, financially motivated. It could be uh, sex, sexually motivated. Um, there's more of a demented energy when I tap into someone that's uh, attracted to children. And um, so those people, I think is it's biological. I don't think it's just their chart. I think you could find a marker in their chart, but I believe that's biological. They had wanted to study Dahmer's brain and the parents said no. And yeah. I wish they had allowed that because I'm positive, they're going to find a biological reason of how somebody, the perversion was something that was of our body and not of the energy of the person that came in, because some of them actually feel guilty and remorse, and then there's the ones that don't, and those are the ones that I wanted Tom to run their charts, because I wanted to see if that was born like that or if it became like that and the common denominator on the serial killers, I would say the lack of empathy mm-hmm. that they're, whether they're a psychopath or a sociopath, it's the lack of empathy. They absolutely feel nothing. And to them, it's just an adrenaline rush when they go in for the kill yeah, It's yeah. and they do it just for that, that rush of getting mm-hmm. away with it. Some of it's sometimes it's arrogance like Ted Bundy, he was arrogant, and he he really liked being able to lure and trick uh, his victims into going with him. He's the one that wore the cast on his arm, so they thought he needed help, mm-hmm. which a little Silence of the Lamb uh, mm-hmm. movie clip, they sort of showed that in it, where he needed help putting the sofa in the back of the van and push the girl into the van when she was trying to help him, but she she thought he was safe because, you know, he was on crutches or in a wheelchair. So they lure you and it's that getting away with it and that you fell for it. It's just like shooting a deer to them or trapping a rabbit. It's
0: like uh, almost a sliding scale from a narcissist in a way.
1: Yeah. Ted Bundy had a little of that narcissism going on in his chart. He had a lot of things going on in his chart. His grandfather was speculated to have actually been his father, so there was a lot going on there. So I think, you know, biology, knock knock, hey, scientists, study that. <laughs> Let's but look is at that, that, yeah?
0: But is that part of their, is that is everything? Is it? Is it? I don't know. That doesn't sound like free will, but free will versus determinism. Right. So. Is there a plan coming in? Is that part of the plan, the lesson to learn? Is it could that, be the challenge. You know, it could, could be, the, be? Soul's,
1: the soul's challenge that we're going to give you something that you're going to really want and we need you to, in order to grow, to um, reserve yourself and not act on impulse. You know, that you're going to have to vibe with your higher sense of self in this lifetime. And if you don't, you're going to be the worst of the worst. But if you do, you're going to be great, and you'll overcome it. So it's not that you can overcome being attracted to children, but you could help, for instance, if you were going to vibe with a higher frequency, you could become an FBI profiler and be somebody who goes after them. So that would be the other side of the coin there, mm. that they could choose but didn't. Didn't mm. fell right into the impulse and the, mm. the um, desire to kill. And once they kill one, they're not going to stop. I don't know why they ever let people out of jail that have killed, especially in in that manner. It's just beyond me.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Same with those that touch kids. It's just not something they can get better from. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like rolling the dice. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, Something that's becoming more popular that I'm curious how spirit and energies play into is um, plant medicine and what is going on in that realm and is that dangerous and how important is it to set the room, uh, the intention, the energy, the protection?
1: I can hook you up with um, my professor of earth magic. Margaret Jameson, she is a multi-generational Appalachian granny. Um, so me a little witch. A little bit, a little bit of a witch. And so was her great-grandmother. And it went on down the line and she was taught the spells and the potions, and she grows all the herbs. That's where I get my um protection oils, and herbal supplements as well. You know, I have a naturopath that I go to, and I would just be off the rails without her, and there's nothing pharmaceutical-grade in it. It's I take ADR, which feeds your adrenal glands, so that that's where you process your stress through, so you don't short-circuit, so I'm able to handle stress better. And she ran my blood panels, and she said, your testosterone and this, your estrogen are off the charts. So I actually have to take pills to dump testosterone and estrogen because I just have too much. I'm like, why am I so weird?
0: <laughs> so, wow. Well, I mean, like, I think that for, I mean, in researching, cause I also love health and wellness, like yeah. you can increase your testosterone by like, if you have, like, if you're a guy, yeah. I heard this, you know, if you have like Dumbbells and power tools laying around. These things keep your testosterone up. Just as just the same. You know, you're talking about the cancer energy. Men's testosterone actually drops when they become a dad and they're more sedentary and they're kind of caretaking. Like the, it's kind of interesting if it's sort of the chicken or the egg thing because you know certain things can make it go up, but then other things make it go down. So, I think that testosterone makes it harder for them when they get angry. It mm-hmm. I, they
1: become more reactionary. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I, I know what that feels like because I
0: have too much testosterone and estrogen. Well, thank God I don't because I don't have that high of testosterone and I'm an Aries. So I'd be totally oh, screwed if I did.
1: I know it's, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's why I don't carry weapons in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but it's good to know what's going on with your body and take and be able to take care of yourself, but also on a hormonal level. And men have this issue too, but they're not really being treated for what their bodies are going through as they go through the decades as well. And women are just sort of, oh, you're just going through, you know, menopause or perimenopause. And They don't really look at their depression or the fluctuation going on within them in their hormones and treat it naturally instead of trying to medicate the hell out of everybody. Mm. You know, the only medication I want is like in a martini. You know, that's good. I'll take that. A martini. A martini.
0: martini. With like an olive, a couple olives. Right.
1: Uh, it's just well, my grandfather's actually German, and he always kept a bottle of Jaeger in the freezer, and said it had medicinal purposes. So whenever we get a sore throat, you do a shot of Jaeger.
0: Hey, man, this stuff's <laughs> biological. I wore a continuous blood glucose monitor, and when I'd have a glass of wine, yeah, my blood sugar would drop because oh. I would go more into parasympathetic and relax.
1: Wow, that's interesting hmm let's yeah. hook some monitors up to all of us and test them
0: <laughs> on See martinis and then the next day we'll try tequila <laughs> shannon's so favorite funny. and then the so next funny. day we'll try wine my favorite yeah, that's, that's so funny
1: I'm, I'm more of a vodka so, girl <laughs>
0: yeah vodka tequila and wine we could just rotate them all the time we could um so So is plant medicine a bad idea or a good idea?
1: You know, especially after what we all just went through in the pandemic, I'm not telling people how to think. I'm just saying this is how I feel. I don't fully trust anything I'm hearing coming out of like Western medicine right now. Mm -hmm. So I feel much safer going the on natural route and take my D3 and vitamin C and, and you know, let my immune system work for me right now and not um uh, and not listen to everything that's being said. So my body's great. I was a kid that ate dirt. We have high immune systems. I mean, we're those kids. They put us all together when one of them had the chicken pox so everybody could get it over with at the same time, you know? Our immune systems are strong. I'm worried about the younger people that just went through the two years lockdown because their immune systems are shot. They didn't get that that herd immunity yeah. uh, being in the classroom, and so I do worry for them. But as far as my, my age group, oh my God, no, what I was... My, we had a popcorn ceiling and I thought popcorn, this is the stupidest things adults could have done. Popcorn, mm-hmm. that sounds amazing. So I'm standing on the back of the couch, picking it off and tasting it to see if it tastes like popcorn. Now they have lawsuits for asbestos.
0: <laughs> Language. Abracadabra. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, so plant medicine is a bad idea? No. I'm good I'm, idea. I'm better awful. better than taking statins, yeah, better yeah. than taking, you know, yes. uh, synthetics. Yeah. You're information. I,
1: yeah. I mean, it's just, it feels right to me. I, you know, everybody's got to do what's right for them. But for me, that works, but you should have Margaret on your show sometimes. She is a plethora of in- information when it comes to the plants and the mm-hmm. herbs
0: and the you properties should. in, in the potions and such. So, um, yeah, it makes me think about timelines. Do you get a feeling about that? Is it I mean when you know- someone's going to die? No, not necessarily, but like shifting timelines in your life, like, like moving a trajectory of like every decision. This is what I've sort of come to at least think at this point in time, based on my research and watching lots of videos and listening to things, is that every decision branches off to a new timeline, like through our life. So that's, so we have these infinite amount of potential timelines going on. Uh And we, the idea, and what I at least always hope and pray for is that, you know, like whatever is meant to come through to be in service to my highest good and highest timeline. Right. And so like with plant medicine, right. I feel like I skip a whole shitload of timelines. I'm like, my, Internal and external reality match when I go in, but when I come out, I, they don't match anymore. And it takes time for the external reality to catch up to the internal reality. And it feels to me like a like a major leap of timelines because once you've experienced those things and seen what you've seen and felt what you felt and know what you know now, you just can't go back. So is timeline something that play into information that comes from the other side? Um,
1: as far as th- think occurrences in our life happening to in our highest and best good you know trying to get us where we need to be i believe there are some moments that are faded in our lives mm-hmm. um, that are that are going to happen um i i also look at my own life which has an extraordinary um, butterfly effect of things that have happened and mm-hmm. affected other parts of my life in a con- continuum like it just keeps opening up from things from when I was a child or you're a teenager or in my 20s and um all made me who I am for sure i think the people that don't really grow are mostly the ones that don't go anywhere you are someone that when somebody says here's an invitation come to my party you're like yes. yeah i'm there that mm-hmm. sounds great um, so you're giving yourself that opportunity to meet someone, to fall in love. You're making it um, a possibility mm-hmm. for you, so I find action in your life important in getting you where you need to go, but you're double Aries, so you've got plenty of action going mm-hmm. on in, you, in your energy. As far as taking anything and seeing different things and timelines, I'd have to go more in depth with you and talk to you about that because um, I don't know if you mean like mushrooms or if you mean
0: like I mean, more like, like my reality has to change in reflection to now what I know, it feels like whatever trajectory I was on, it's shifted. Okay. That doesn't mean you were taken off your path. Totally. Like there's an infinite amount of potential paths. Right. So it's just saying to me, it feels like more information and um, more knowing. And that is kind of leaping you into the next, into another reality. That's not just like one decision away. It's like, it's a very big jump. Right.
1: Okay. So that's why with what I do with energy work, when, when in doubt or when you don't know which path to take, or if you did the right thing, it's the inner voice you refer to. Your mm-hmm. inner voice will always guide you, always get you where you need to be. You never have to feel lost mm-hmm. as long as you connect with that center of power mm-hmm. inside of you that's your vehicle
0: guiding you on your journey and you'll get where you're supposed to go. Like what is getting us through this life? Because I also had a crazy experience in EMDR where, have you ever take done EMDR? It's not a drug. It's a It's a therapy. It's like a buzzer and- It's a, it's basically, uh, it's a rapid eye movement, desensitization, Uh desensitization. So by doing this rapid eye movement, whether someone does this to you or I have a buzzer in each hand, um, it bypasses your natural pattern of thinking and allows you to access memories Uh from this point in time now. So you literally like time travel and go back and reprogram the memory because you have a new emotion now. So, wow in these like journeys through emdr which are i mean it's it emdr sounds like some major like thing it's not it's 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 not a, it's not a crazy deal um but you just sit there and you know the play the buzzer and 30 seconds later you know you open your eyes and your therapist is like what did you see and so you i tell her what i noticed yeah, and so yeah. one of the things that i noticed a couple times in the most recent round that i did is that um is that there is an orchestration happening to me meaning like There's a certain energy, or uh, there's a certain energy, or collective, or spirit, Mm -hmm. um, or plan that's literally like turning my head at the right moment and going, You need to see this. Right. Or, you know, putting me in a situation to have an experience, or making a difficult situation so that I get the lesson to be able to achieve something else that is required of me to go through challenge. It
1: sounds like you're firing on all cylinders and it, <laughs> it's most, no, this is a good thing. Most people that I come across, I'm, there are some people I, the dead always tell me that they're more alive than we are. And I believe them. And I see people out there that classify themselves as living people that have no life or, they emit no energy. They don't project anything. They're just sort mm-hmm. of going through the motions of eating and working and coming home. And mm-hmm. there's no real joy. And I feel really badly for them. And so they're they're firing on no cylinders. You're firing on all cylinders. So you came into this lifetime and you're just saying, I'm going to do it all. You can't yeah. tell me I'm just this. I can be this too. And I'm going to mm-hmm. do everything. So you're going to, end up crossing that finish line when you die with your hair on fire and this is how i want to (laughs) go high fiving the dead who are like that was legendary and i'm like (laughs) and they're gonna be i did it all yes i did it all and 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 then they're gonna have an (laughs) amazing drink waiting for us because (laughs) we did it and took it on the chin and broke glass ceilings and you know i always said you don't break a glass ceiling without getting cut because i broke so many when medium came out and totally. you broke them in race car driving in being not just a woman, but a beautiful woman that had to deal with
0: men. <laughs> and that, that's not all bad. You know, it wasn't they, all bad. Yeah, they were complimentary at times too.
1: Well, you know, and then the wives had to have looked at you like,
0: Oh God, you're Look, to- you learn, you learn go- girl code real quick.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, will see, but you're somebody who would, wouldn't be an issue. That's for if a woman was insecure, you'd be an issue, but not if they're secure. Um, But you broke glass ceilings as well, and I actually, I know this sounds strange, I enjoyed the cuts, getting cut, breaking that glass ceiling. I'd rather feel that and be totally alive than go through the motions of life like some people that I see out there who I, my clients, I'm like, wake up, take risks. What are you doing? They're like, when am I going to meet my husband? I'm like, when are you going to get out of the house? You know, (laughs) so. Normal
0: is something I hope no one describes me as.
1: You know what? I'm, I'm on board with that. We were born to stand out, not Mm. to fit in. And I don't understand why some people still want to fit in. It's okay to be a rebel. It's okay to live out
0: loud and you don't have to apologize for it. It's what I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad that so many do say yes, but the ones that don't, I think that it's their confidence that tells them that they won't be okay, but it's in fact, what makes them very special is what I try and tell people is like, what is different about you is actually what's going to make you valuable and special.
1: Yes, that's true. That's true. And all the people in grade school and junior high and high school that um, didn't have time for you are going to tell everybody how they met you and how (laughs) they knew you so it's all good. Totally. Okay.
0: So how do we work with our, work with our higher self, our oversoul and all of our guides? Like what is our, what is our, what is our real reality as you know it?
1: This is, I mean, how I live anyways. Um, for me, my dad died 20 years ago and I started talking to him. When I do a reading, I'm like, can you hone their energy? Can you focus them, turn up their volume? And so he does that for me on the other side. We work in yeah. concert. But you also have relatives on the other side who feel connected to you that you might be named after, or you could have a, a, a great, great aunt, Sophie, who was a rebel like you, who vibes with you and, and walks with you. So they connect to us in ways that are on a soul level. And they they try and guide us. There are also these other guides who may have been in your profession, mm. who feel like in one lifetime they didn't get everything out they wanted to do, and they'll help you. If mm. they vibe with you, they'll help you. So I could have other mediums who lived who give me their energy. You could have race car drivers from the past that mm. focus their energy on you in moments of panic or down to the wire moments, they talk to us, they guide us, um, they share their knowledge with us. And so there are many different entities on the other side that if you're an active soul, as we are, They're there with you. And that can just be somebody trying to wrangle their five kids. I mean, that's an active soul too. I just mean somebody who is making connections emotionally out there in the world and trying to leave the world in a better place. And for the people who do nothing, the world's worse off for it. You know, if they had, if I had done nothing, the Amber Alert wouldn't have come out for another year or so, you know, and then that whole year, all the kids that would have fallen between the cracks. If I hadn't been willing to take it on the chin and go up against all the skeptics and I went up against all the skeptics very publicly, and um, then things wouldn't have changed. Minds wouldn't have opened. Medium wouldn't have come out. If I hadn't been willing to be studied by scientists um, and published in an academic journal, what if I sucked? What if I was afraid of that? What if What if I scored low? What happens then? I didn't let my head go there. I just did it. I put Mm -hmm. it on the line. This is my talent. This is what I can do. If it's not good enough, I don't belong here in this field. And I was ready to go back to law school. So either way, you know, and um, everybody in publishing said, your books will never sell. Don't kiss them goodbye. That title's got to be changed. We Mm -hmm. are their heaven. You've got to change that title. That'll never sell. Nope. Nope. They finally stopped asking me to change my titles because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do it and they sold just fine. So, <laughs> I was I'm a New York Times best-selling author, so people the titles actually resonated with people and people thanked me for that. So, yeah people that are out there in the physical world giving you advice don't always know what they're talking about. So you've got to weigh it with your inner energy force and see what makes sense for you. But I'm just saying with what I just did in my life, if I was one of those people that was afraid and lived in fear, and I would say life doesn't mean live in fear every day. That's not what life stands for. And if I had lived afraid in the, in the shadows all of that wouldn't have happened. So how many good things haven't happened out there in the world because there are people that kept their mouth shut and didn't follow their path? So I think that's why we do what we do to try and inspire other people to go, yeah,
0: yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And they can. I did this past life regression. And um, in this regression, I ended up making it to the coast, which is where I was trying to go. I was kind of like a Native American medicine woman. And I got there and I realized that I had this pouch full of medicine. And it was like way, way back in the old, like ancient, more not ancient, but like old, old times. Like when California, it was California, was just being kind of developed. It it would have been LA when LA was brand new. And it was like, Uh, there was all, it was a market. I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll bring my, I'll do a table and have my medicine and nobody wanted it. So I was like, hmm, okay. So then I started doing these little ceremonies at night with, with anyone that would come, but it turned out to only really only be women. And so I did this for like 10 years and we sort of cultivated our magic and all kinds of things. And Mm -hmm. the men grew to not like it. And so I either had to leave or I had to stop doing my magic, and I stopped doing my magic.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: so, if I didn't stop doing my magic and I didn't leave, the energy was that I would die. I would be killed for it. Right. So, but the point of the story—damn, persecuting said, women. What is that? <laughs> the point of the story? <laughs> yes. That's coming to an end. Yes. Um, the uh, the point of the story is that. I died anyway not doing my magic. I remember in the in the regression I like was up like on the second floor like whatever living space and I was like probably 40 when I I had to stop and I was like 70 and I just died and I, it was like it was like 30 years went blank in the regression like I don't know what happened because I yeah. died. Like right. energetically I died not doing my magic and living in my truth. And so you can either die doing your magic or die anyway, not doing it. And the yes. the, the better off to choose life and yes. light and energy. And because um, the result is it could be the same in the end. And so you might as well live in integrity. Yes. And So that's kind of what I heard you say is just yes. that, you know, you just got to live in your truth and you got to be honest and you have to be brave.
1: And I think people are afraid to be honest with themselves. I think that almost is harder for them than the bravery, interestingly enough, being honest with themselves and seeing themselves for who they really are and who they could be and doing the work to become that person. It's worth it. But a lot of people will just keep doing the wrong thing again and again because it's what they know. It's familiar. It's why a lot of women pick a pattern of man out there in the world and they keep drawing in the same kind over and over again who disappoints them again and again and they still keep doing it because it's familiar to them even though it hurts. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know. It's a 100% chance that it's going to hurt if you do that or you could do something completely the opposite of who that guy is and there's a really good chance that he's not going to be as bad as all of the others that
0: are your type. Mm-hmm. I think why do you think it's hard for for people to be honest with themselves?
1: I don't think people are quiet enough in their head often enough to even get to know themselves. I think a lot of people don't really know who they are. They don't pay enough attention to themselves because they're too busy giving their energy away to everybody else. Hmm. Even on social media, look at how much energy is expelled on social media that those people aren't putting into friends or family. And, you know, with what we have to do, even as public figures, you know, it's part of what we signed up for. But there's some people out there that didn't sign up for it that just willingly give their energy away. And I don't always understand why when they could put it back in themselves and have realizations in themselves. But they need strangers' validation more than they need to um, advance on a soul level or to look inward. I just don't think kids are taught to look inward, and in some cultures they are, and it's why they evolve, and they're so Zen. And then we've got, when I went to Japan on tour, I loved it. Everybody was sort of centered and kind, and they were kind, like truly kind and patient. And I came back here, and my energy adjusted to the American energy, and I was like, oh my God,
0: we are so uptight. It was like yeah. just so amazing. Well, it's all the, it's, it's all the protection through, yes. you know, a protection of the, of the pattern that the ego has now yes. created a job to defend. And it's just a whole bunch of like excuses, victim, blaming, we're whiny
1: where we judge. It's like, oh my God, stop, <laughs> just stop. Yeah. I don't think some people know how to even stop themselves from continuing a pattern that they just keep perpetuating and that is repelling.
0: They and don't know they have a pattern.
1: I They, don't, they even, don't even know. Yeah, they don't know. They don't even look. They don't even think about it. It's just I think we need to teach young people to do a little bit more inner soul searching and connecting with the source of our energy rather than... Um, Go get a boob job as soon as you turn 18 or go get your lips done, you know, uh, and you'll be more valuable,
0: you know. That's the important, most important energy to connect with is yourself. Is it important to connect with other energies, ascended masters or angels or anything like that? I've heard that they need you to ask them for help for them to help. So is that an important, important. could that be a really helpful thing in life? I've
1: I've always said that it's your intention. You have to state your intention to them, what you want, what you need from them. And as soon as you do, they'll deliver it for you. They want to be invited back into your life. So when I read my clients at the end, I say, okay, um, they want to be part of your life still. And they often talk about, you're not a, you're not a, uh, an orphan. You know, the the parents are like, you're not an orphan. You still have a mom. You still have a dad. And the kids that come through say, I'm still part of the family. I'm still part of the family. And they like state it and own it. And they need us to say, we still want you in our lives. You know, there's a place for you at the table during the holidays. Um, your ornaments high up on the tree and it makes us smile. And we love including you in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we're not holding them here hostage. It's not like that. They stay because without us, their heaven's not complete. So they're waiting for us because we are their heaven. That's why I titled my second book, We Are Their Heaven, because I noticed they kept coming back to the living, even though they could be on the other side with all the people that they miss. They keep coming back to their children or to their parents because they're, Their heaven isn't complete without us. So they go back and forth between the worlds. And how special are we, because we see ourselves as so insignificant sometimes, how special are we that we're versions of somebody's heaven? Like They show me memories that they are reliving that include the person that's still alive being five years old and, you know, mommy carrying him from the wedding he was just in, he's in a little suit and um and and he fell asleep on her shoulder and that's her heaven that's a version of her heaven so throughout our lives we're adding all of these beautiful moments to lives that when our physical bodies die is what we relive on the other side
0: mm. so you're
1: creating your versions of heaven here so you want to make it good <laughs> don't suck come on and and i wish people in the physical world would see on a soul level, how important they are to those that that come through and say, um, "You you you made me feel needed again." You know, yeah. I love you, and uh-huh. I have grandmothers that are that felt more like that was their child. Uh-huh. You know, the grandchild because yeah. they helped raise them, and uh-huh. so there's so there's like a soulmate connection. Okay. Be- between grandmothers sometimes okay. in the grains. Wow. it's just very beautiful. The strings are very glittery mm-hmm. and they're beautiful and they're thin, but strong, and they connect us all, living and dead. And I just Ooh. I hope the living wake up a little bit and put themselves out there a little bit more and 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 shine,
0: yeah, for who they so, are. Does that do those lives when they cross over, do they, Are they able to reincarnate and still have that sort of timeline or that reality like continue as a continuum or do they have to complete something before they can reincarnate? Some don't want to come back. Some already had their
1: perfect life and they stay with that person and the people connected to them on the other side. There's nothing more for them to achieve. They've done everything and they've come back time and time again and they've got the Holy Grail, finally, and yeah. they stay. They stay over there, and they're like, "I'm blessed," and they live in that nature. And then they help other people in the physical world. Amazing. Um, the people that didn't evolve, uh, they do come back, and there's something that they actually agree on the other side that they need to learn, and that it might be hard. And they know what they're going to go through, but they say, "I can do it. I can handle it." But then sometimes they're given a body with a chemical imbalance. Or some sort of challenge they didn't foresee.
0: And it's up to them to overcome it. It's hard to be human. I'm sure you've answered this many times, and I don't like to ask questions that you've probably have been asked before as much as humanly possible. But I do wanna know, like, what the most sort of common message from the other side is to help us to live a better life? Like, what is it that they want to tell us?
1: The the don't live in fear one is a very big one that they come through with and say, take risks, um, mm-hmm. be who you are. Uh, don't worry about me. Uh, I know how much you love me. That's another big one. There are no goodbyes for the people that are hung up over they didn't get to their dad's bedside before he died or, or their mom's or they weren't there with their child when they died. Um, there are no goodbyes. So they're like, don't get hung up on that word. I'm still here. We're still going to be together. And then when my dad died, and this helped me, I heard a voice. And it's told me, every day you wake up is a good day. Every day you wake up is a day closer to seeing your dad again. He's not your past, he's your present and future. You're not leaving him behind, you're moving towards him. And then when I would get out of bed the next day, I recognized I was a day closer to him and it 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 healed something in me to know that. And if it's perspective, we're actually moving towards them. Why are we spending so much time being sad? They want us to take the risks they didn't take in life. They want us to go on the trips that we say, we'll go in five years. You know, uh, I don't have the money now. Do what a 19-year-old would do. Wing it. To, to, you know, yeah, get a backpack. Find a cheap way. Don't stay at the Ritz, whatever, but get there because five years may not come for you. And I see that happen all the time. So mm-hmm. I do stupid things. Like I wanted to eat Lucky Charms in Ireland because I promised 11-year-old Allison, me, that I would one day when I was eating my Lucky Charms. I'm like, I'm going to go to Ireland and I'm going to eat Lucky Charms there. And I did. And I oh, rolled down a hill of clover. So my list is maybe different than other people, but it brings me joy. Oh, and my that's God. what it's all about.
0: I can't believe I didn't have that one. My last name is Patrick. You'd think I'd want to go eat Lucky Charms in Ireland and <laughs> land in the and find the pot of gold at the end of the right? Clover Hill. That's what I'm talking about. Put it on your list. <laughs> totally. I w- I made the silly mistake of deciding that the only thing on my bucket list was running a marathon. And that was just, I don't know. That's not a common you thing can, for you, people. You can constantly add to your list. Good. 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 I'm good. I drank- it's the living list, not the dead list. This is the living list. This is
1: the living list. Things you want to take with you to the other side. These memories, these moments. Yeah. And I drank yeah. champagne overlooking the Eiffel Tower with my husband on Valentine's Day. It was awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> I rented out an entire movie theater to watch Xanadu.
0: <laughs> so I'm believe just you, Believe it can happen. Believe you deserve yes. it. Write it down and make it happen. And and,
1: and and share it with other people that you love. Like enjoy it together. It's great. It's true. great. It's exciting. It's true.
0: Well, thank you so much. <laughs> You're what, so what welcome. Cool info. I could keep going on and on, but um, this is good for now. So yes. I'll, I'll see you for drinks on Friday night, right? Sounds good. You've got my, you've got my phone number. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.